Welcome to the Twilight Conversations. My name is Jimmy, and in this podcast, I will be exploring human relationships, human potential, and that curious space between the dark and the light. So, welcome to the Twilight Conversations. Today, I have with me to call him a legend would be an understatement, particularly on the north side of Dublin, but probably other parts of Dublin too. Um, I have with me Ray Corcoran, aka Sparky. And, you know, you'd be surprised in the line of work I'm in in therapy over the years, the amount of people that would have benefited and now as adults and trace it back to meet Sparky. And I think if you remember, I was interviewing Dean Scurry, uh, the irrepressible Dean Scurry, and he was talking about the profound impact that Sparky had on him in a lovely uh, moment that decided for him, he was going to be a youth worker, you know. Anyway, welcome, Sparky. Hey, Jimmy. Uh, yeah, good to see you. And we've, yeah, again, people are saying, you just get all your friends on. We haven't known each other for a long time. <laughs> I haven't seen you in a long time, yeah. yeah. So it's good to see you. Yeah, um, you too. You too. But you, again, a lot of people uh, that I meet would have the same experience of you, you know what I mean? They'd say, uh, you know, I'd be asking them what they're up to and, they, and, and they'd be saying they'd be coming to you and you would have, you know, you would help a lot of people that I know, you know. So. Okay, yeah. There's a bit of a pattern emerging because that's happening a lot of people saying, you just get people on to say nice things about you. <laughs> no, but you are a nice guy, Jimmy, you know. And it, Thank and, you. And the work you do is very, very important, you know. Okay. Thank you for that. But tell me a little bit about, look, I know bits and pieces about you and we hung out in the 80s a lot yeah. back in... Well, we have a lot in common. We have. Kulak. Kulak. I was born, I was uh, born and raised in Kulak. Um... So there's five of us, mm-hmm. and yeah, tell us who's there. Who have you so got? So Deborah's my eldest sister. There's myself, Jennifer. So the three of us are the three amigos. We were kind of uh, rare together. And is that the sister, one of them that knows my sister? Yes, my eldest sister knows Jer. Is it Jer? Yeah. Jer, yeah. So they would have been in the DYT together. That's you know? right, right, right. And uh, Jer's a great actor. Yeah, yeah, I must send you something. She sent something this morning. You were telling me a write up she got yeah. was fucking brilliant. Now I have great to actor she, and a, and a sound sound person. Yeah. Like, I remember it. It's funny. And I haven't seen her in thirty years. Yeah. Like you know, she's a scouser now. Like is she? Yeah, yeah she's all. Can I go over there a bit? So I must I must yeah. look her up. You know, do she's a grandmother. She just recently became a grandmother. As That's well. deadly. Yeah, That's deadly. Go on so, anyway. So then there's Jen. So there's me. There's Deborah, me, and Jennifer. And then we were uh, the three amigos. We grew up in Kilock. And then after fourteen years, I think my mum and dad had two more kids mm-hmm. Lynette and Michael Lynette is now called Lee mm-hmm. and uh, Michael is the youngest so um, yeah it was it, again it was just a total a total different you know time when you think about it like mm-hmm. so my mother's mother my granny Sarah lived in Yellow Road in Whitehall so I had a mm-hmm. big connection there I would have yeah. We would have been up and down on foot all the time, you know, up Skelly's Lane and all mm, that place. And yeah. I remember Skelly's Lane Skelly's when it was lane. when it was a lane, like, yeah, you know. Yeah. And we used to uh, where the the Artane Bowman Recreation Centre is. That was a field that where, where travellers lived, you know. Mm. And uh, mm. then the school was built beside that, and I went to that school. I went to David's, and I didn't have a great experience in school, like you know, in primary right. school. And it was run by Christian Brothers, but funnily enough, the Christian brother I had, brother Forrester, was a gentleman. Had him in second class, but the principals were. It's were great just, if you can get one, isn't it? That's, he was great. He yeah. kind of started me off. He gave me a bit of. I, I had a bit of confidence, but then there was other lay teachers after that that weren't that weren't so great, you know. And when I think about it now, they were probably in their twenties. You know yeah, I mean? you know what I mean. It's just yeah. to me that they were 
What was what was Sparky like as a young flat? So it wasn't even Sparky then. I right. was I was very quiet, ginger hair. Um, I suppose funny. My dad's very very funny. You know, so you we were telling me a story earlier on about Go that. On. Well, you told a few stories, something about your dad being funny. Come on, come back. My dad's hilarious. Like, my dad should have been a comedian, really. And, like, uh, we were talking here earlier about uh, the mics and would I have a fear of the mic. And my dad mm-hmm. would have been involved in Crave Kieran's. And his mm-hmm. job down there was to do the MC on a Saturday night, you know. So I would have been around my dad doing that kind of stuff. Crave is that Donny Kearney? That's Donny Kearney, yeah. My Uncle Paddy, didn't know my Uncle Paddy had been, he's passed away now. Everyone yeah. knew my Uncle Paddy because he was. Yeah. Bum and drink all the time around there. I remember Paddy. I remember Did Paddy. You know Paddy. Yeah, 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 I knew Paddy. Yeah. He used to drink in the jungle. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'd know. And so I was a butterfly. I was always a oh, butterfly yeah. of a okay. of a young person where I would have so we would have sold newspapers. So that was we always had, had Hail the press. Hail the press. And we just delivered them. And then we we got on great with the with the paper man. He was from Cabra. Bob, he was gas. And we used to, so so six days of the week we were with him after school. Like, I mean, he was great. He was a great influence on us. And then we went up to do the bread in Johnson, Muni and O'Brien. Mm. And, uh, yeah, so we're, I was a butterfly. I was always, and then what happened was there was an argument in primary school with the teacher about the way he taught. I think I got a couple of clatters or something. And my dad, my dad disagreed with it. So we weren't, I wasn't allowed to go into David's, right? Mm. Which is actually a god sent right. I mean it was absolutely God sent because what happened was I went to Plunkett's and my granny lived on Yellow Road so I used to kind of link him with her so that yeah. was great yeah. and then Plunkett's had people from Broadstone Fingless mm. Ballymun mm. Larkin Whitehall Town mm. so it was a great mix like you know I mean and there was like I think in my class there was 32 young people two, 32 lads and there might have been seven classes in first year and that was repeated in the second year, third year. You know what I mean? So there was just this huge mass of people. Mm. And I was, I remember meeting there. Uh, do you remember Brayo? Brayo sounds familiar to me now. So I met Brayo in, in, in first year. And I remember, uh, I remember going, I remember being bored one weekend. And I knew he lived around Beaumont somewhere. I didn't know where he lived, like, mm. you know. And it's funny enough, his mother and my granny were good friends, you know. I didn't know any of this, like, you know, because I was, was, was a kid. But I went looking for him, and uh, I found him. <laughs> you know, no mobile phones back then, no yeah. WhatsApps. Or, Where are they? <laughs> <None of that. laughs> yeah, yeah, and he was standing in a, in a, in a laneway down in Bowman, and we just became great friends and introduced to the music, uh, uh, punk music. And But I loved all music. I loved ska, I loved punk, I loved rock and roll. I loved everything, you know. I wasn't mad at the metal music and still don't really get it, like, you know. But music is always a big part of me, and you know, when I hear something that I like, I like it, you know, and it, yeah. I don't. Uh, you could say that was an important spiritual connection. For you. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I think it was probably um, my first spiritual connection, really. Now, when my granny would have brought me, to, I would have went to church and all that kind of stuff, and I would have loved all that. I would have loved the singing in church and the Ave Marias and all that kind mm. of stuff. Mm. Would have loved all that. But then, as I became a teenager, I rebelled against all that, and. Uh, and then I went down, we were in a gang and uh, we were looking for somebody one night and we went down to the shoe club looking for them to cause trouble, I suppose. Um, and I just I had another spiritual experience, just walking in the door, this thing happened where it just came over me and I was like, what is this place, you know? 
And they were great. Like they were, uh, they were religious as well, you know. But uh, lay people, mm. and they were great. You know, they ran a youth club in their own spare time. Like you know what I mean? And they, it was just mad. It was great. You know. Could I just revert? Yeah, absolutely. Just connect and revert back to the experience that Dean Scurry was talking about in Ballymun of meeting you. And it wasn't, I mean, there's good youth workers, so then there's exceptionally gifted youth workers, and I think you're in the latter. Um, because what he described, and he, he would be happy for me to say this, as he didn't make a secret of it, was it, you did something very therapeutic with him. Beyond, it, it's, it was the energy and the space you gave him at a really difficult point in his young life. Yeah. But whatever you picked up and your energy and the safety you created for him, yeah. where he literally... I think he said he stopped his fucking heart out. Yeah, I've heard yeah. that a few times. I had... I'm sure you've had that experience. I had a, like... Um, Just before, why I'm going to that is, mm, in terms of you said you went to a youth club, did you know then, God, I'm actually quite good at this. This is something I want to do, help you. Yeah, or, yeah, I think, yeah. And that was a safe space. You know, that was a very safe space, you know. And, you know, and I mean, at the time, I'm sure people were aware of what was going on, and you know, in the churches and all that kind of stuff. Mm. And my parents used to say to us, "What's going on down there?" <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, we'd have to just say straight out to our parents, "There's nothing. There's no. There's no messing. There's no. Uh, there's none of that kind of stuff going on." So it was. They were. They were great people, and actually, I must actually try and seek those people out, like you know, what I mean, because just to say thanks to them because they were absolutely crucial for me, you know. Mm. And what happened was, my granny died. I was at a really close connection with my granny and the leader that I was connected with down there, I went looking for him because I was, I was upset, you know, and uh, they said, oh no, he's in, he's in Ballymun. And I said, he, he runs a youth club on a Friday night in Ballymun. Right. So I had been to Ballymun on one of my butterfly, you know, excursions on a push bike and like my granny. Why am I, sorry, why am I, ma'am, family were living in Crom Castle Court and Coolock? I was living in Ballymun. Right. So just go on. Yeah. Right, and, and, and uh, yeah, and my, my uncle lived in Crom Castle Court. Right. Right beside your mum, like, you know right. what I mean? So, um, so what happened was, I just got on my bike and cycled to Ballymun, looking for John, like, right. <laughs> the, 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 youth, the youth leader. And I found him. Now imagine, just by, just by kind of, pulling up and saying, is there a youth club on somewhere? So they sent me first to the web. Well, when I got to the web, they were like, nah, nah, nah there's nothing on here tonight. Right. Maybe you're looking for it there. And I just went and went and went and went. But that's um, the way. Would you, no. I know you were, you could manage yourself, you were from yeah. Kula, but Very would you fearless. have any intimidation about going to Ballymun? Very fearless. And right. I never, ever felt anything in Ballymun. And I did, I did outreach work in Ballymun for years mm. and I only ever got hit once and it was a joke. It was a fella had a radio <laughs> And it was like a foam radio and he swung it around and he just hit me with it by accident, you know, and it was like, yeah. he kind of he caught me, like, you know, when you get caught with a yeah, dig or something, yeah, I, I do. Like, whoa. That's the only time I was ever hit, ever, I've done outreach in, in, in this area here, like, you know, yeah, and uh, yeah, in, yeah. in the north inner city and being in very, very serious situations on stairwells and stuff like that, never felt fear. Right. So, you know. Could I? I want to hold that. I want to kind of pause that because I don't want you to go away from what you're saying. But again, we were having a conversation earlier on. Like, you know, what's the odds of you going through Ballymun, feeling the way you felt and finding the person you're looking for and yeah. what, what that was lead on to. But you were telling us about the experience in America, in New York. That's right. No, it was, it was, it was San Francisco. San Francisco. There was one in New oh, York. There was one in New York. There was one where um, I, was down, I was down in New York and uh, we were with a lot of mates, right? And you know some of them. Mm -hmm. And uh, they were wanting to see a Liverpool match. 
Right. So uh, I, to me, music is my thing, not football. Yeah, not football, know, football so, yeah. And, uh, so I said I'd go off and have a, have a ramble. I went to this museum. I'd read about this museum, a uh, tenant museum. There was a house that had been closed up for 50-odd years or something like that. And when they opened it up, it was like, it was uh, it was like a museum, so they, uh, they they kept it as a museum and ran it as a museum. It was great, and uh, but as I was wandering back up, just around Soho, around that area there, mm. I got lost. I got misplaced, you know, and I ended up in a project. And as I was walking along, like a housing project, isn't it? housing project. Yeah. <laughs> but this man, there was no traffic on the roads because they had blocked off all the roads. They were having a block party, oh. and. Uh, so this guy kind of spotted me coming up the road and walked over to me and he started talking to me, you know, uh, uh, an African American, an African American guy, like you know, and he he was kind of saying to me, "I know your face." <laughs> he was he was saying that was that's not how he said it, but that was that was the energy the of it. That was the energy. Yeah, he was saying, "I know your face." But let's just pause that for a moment again. Yeah. How unusual is that, Sparky, to wind up in that situation for Not someone to, you Not know what all. I mean? Every day, like, I mean, every single day, like, today, parking the car, like, you know what I mean? I get out and there was, there was, uh, there was Roma gypsies uh, on the street where I was parking, straight into conversation, you know? Right. Like, no problem, just that's, and that comes from uh, me ma, me ma is a chatter, me ma would talk mm. to anybody, you know, and... But there's more to it than that. There's a but certain there's, disposition but, or energy you have. Yeah, but there's me dad in as well, right? And I know it's my thing that I have, but me dad would, he was a, he, he, he was a union man, like, you know what I mean? He was, he... he Comrade. Uh, he, yeah, he organised and he, he was on the docks, like, you know what I mean? He would have right. been the dockers. So right. he had no fear. He'd be the, you know, we can imagine being the union man on the docks and they're trying to do deals. Absolutely. So he had no fear. And I kind of picked up on it. And now if I was to tell you that I have no fear, that's not right. I do have fear, full of fear. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? I've loads of different things. But you're not afraid of your fear. And uh, that's it. But I just have this natural thing that I do. I don't know where it comes from. I remember we were doing outreach work down in uh, down in the fruit market, you know, and there mm. was a gang that we had been employed to work with, this mm. particular gang, right? So a Greek Street area, that area, is it? Yeah, it the, was... Uh, the market, Smithfield? Yeah, Greek Street. So you know the... Um, where uh, Johnny Giles is from, you know that square in there? There's a square in there. Oh, yeah, Ormond Square, is it? Ormond Square, right? So this gang hung around at the at the, the markets and Ormond Square. That was their kind of area. But they were wild, you know? And uh, right beside the, the tax office, remember the motor tax office and all that kind of stuff? So me and this other guy were walking down and we were weeks trying to, how are you lads? <laughs> they were just like, they were looking at us going, oh, you know, God, I know what you're trying yeah, to do. Yeah, there you go. I didn't, you know. So we were walking down one night and we were, I was kind of frustrated, you know, that we hadn't, because we'd connected everywhere with everybody, you know, mm. and this was the particular group they wanted us to connect with. Mm. And there was a big, huge orange on the ground and I just had this natural instinct to kick the orange and it just rolled really naturally into the middle of the gang and they kicked it back. And it came back to me and I kicked it back to them. And then as we got closer and closer, they just said, who are you? <laughs> you know, what, like, why do you always be down here? Like, yeah. what's the bag and what's yeah. the badge? And yeah. so we got talking to them. And then there's an absolutely epic story of we were told we had to bring them on a day trip, you know. So it was a bit, a bit I wouldn't say I was green. It was a bit green because I, I would have understood like, but there was me and this guy Enda who now lives in Canada, and Bill who who passed away. Bill was a was a fisherman, you know. He was right. he meant was fishing, so he was one of these guys that would have been, you know, the 
tying the knots real gently <laughs> this kind of stuff and like, I would be bored after two seconds like so we got onto the van and when we get, we were going to Minute to fish and when we got there we realised they were locked everyone they were drinking Ribena bottles they were the robbing a bottle of vodka <laughs> and mixing it and they were hammered the whole lot of them and they were mooning at the train going by and flashing and all and we were like what are we going to do here right? but again like what, what I used to call luck you know this little fella came along, <laughs> along the side of the canal, right? And he was carrying a shovel. And the, it was a day like today, like a really, really hot day. And he was wearing a duffel coat, you know, with the big finger <laughs> button, <laughs> buttons, right? The social he, welfare ones. Yeah, and he had a haircut where he had cut his own fringe. And he was, you know what I mean? You know what them fellas, right? But he looked like he'd been living on a barge or something like that. You know yeah. one of those kind of fellas? Yeah. But he was a small guy. He was tiny. And he came along the side of the canal with the shovel in his hand. And one of the lads said to me, what would you say he's at the down there? I said, oh, I'd say he buried a body up there. It was only just, that was just a natural thing I said, right? That was it. Lads, come on, we're getting out of here. <laughs> the fear then hit them, you know? Right. They were spooked. And then, I'll never forget it, Bill, who was the guy that was like, would have been real, you know, particular yeah. about, he just grabbed all the rods together Fucked and launched into, yeah. into the back of the minibus, <laughs> like, you know? And we drove off and, but it was, it was great, like, you know what I mean? It, there was no, there was no harm done, and, but yeah. it was, we learned by it, you know what I mean? Well, you know, we'll come back to, if it's not luck, what is it, right? Yeah. Talk to us a bit more about the San Francisco experience. So, I went to San Francisco and uh, we were, um, we were down at at this place and there was a guy there evangelizing, um, my friend who I went with, uh, she was uh, into the Glebe uh, church, you know, that I think Bono or something has a connection with her or something right. like that. But, right. So she was involved in that. And uh, there was a guy there, I think his name was Angel. Uh, and he, he was he would evangelize from a corner. But I was telling him that I was a youth worker in Dublin and all that kind of stuff. And this night, he introduced me to this young fella. Yeah. And he said, look, he just kind of, it was like uh if you need like one of them docker that was like you sort him out there you know how old were him <laughs> yeah that's it like you know what I mean like what you said to Glenn you know somebody just talk to him and he, you know? yeah. so yeah. we started talking to him and it, I, I realised that he had left home and uh, and I was saying just kind of naturally I said to him what do you think your parents would be thinking about you you know because he, he he had ran away from home thousands of miles like you know what yeah. I mean and he was in a bad, he was homeless there and he was in a bad situation. And he, he said, I don't know, to be honest with you. So I had this instinct. I said, why don't we ring them? And mm. I took out my Dublin phone and mm. rang. And the woman answered the phone and she held when mm. I told her, you know, she just absolutely held. And it was, I just said, look, your ma, you know, she wants you. So we, uh, my friend gathered up a few bits and bobs. <laughs> <laughs> there's a few packages of crips <laughs> there's a few tail and bottles of water and bottles of coke and you know and we put him on a bus uh, to where he was going you know where, where to get home like you know what I mean and he, he got home and uh, and we paid like I paid the fare like you know and uh, yeah it was just but I, that would, I would that wouldn't have even and you got the envelope, was it a week or two later? Or no, good, years later. Years later. Years later, yeah. Because what happened was, I kind of kept in touch with them and they asked me address. They wanted to send me a thank you card. And they did send a thank you card or a thank you letter or something mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. 
And because I knew then that he was doing okay, you know. But then, uh, so whatever I wouldn't say it's luck. I'd say it's kind of synchronicity, kind of uh, absolutely. What other word would you use there? Um, fate, 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 providence, so all of that stuff, right? Because I, I, I'm interested in that. Higher power. Higher power, hey. Higher power. Higher. Oh, day, hey. <laughs> Look at this, hey, yeah. Um, are you growing the mushrooms? <laughs> <laughs> for some reason, when I worked in Rutland, they used to have a deal with, with uh, Dundalk or something for, for clients, and they'd all come down. I get it real hard to talk about my feelings, hey, yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's very fair, yeah. <laughs> I'll go for what the fuck it's is a great accent, but isn't it? Oh, it's fantastic. Neil Tobin used to do it brilliantly. My sister lives up on RD now, and she's like, I'm going down the town, she's getting hey. the accent, yeah, hey. <laughs> but, um, Back to synchronicity, spiritual connection, that type of stuff. The, I mean, you tell it quite casually. It's a beautiful story, say the San yeah. Francisco story, and, and I know you've got loads of them, right? But for that youth, just look at what had to come into place. For that youth worker to kind of go, I'll get him to talk to Sparky. I'll get Sparky to talk yeah. to him. That's not an accident. No, right? absolutely. And for the young to engage with you, and then for the parents on the phone to engage, for all that to come together. Yeah. You know, it sounds kind of like, but like... And there's loads of those things happen, Jimmy, with me. Right. Loads of those things. Like, they're not... They're like a... They're like a daily recovery. They're like a daily occurrence, like, you know? And, like, I stopped drinking two and a half years ago. I've All my life I've been struggling with alcohol, like, you mm. know? And, uh, mm. and I was always giving it up and two months and three months and then back on it and... It's just, it was. And just on that, back when, say, we would have hung together more back in the mid 80s, really, yeah. wouldn't it have been in Connolly Tower, yourself, myself. Late, late 80s, early 90s. Noel, yeah. Huey, Jeff, that yeah, kind of crew. Actually, it would have been the 80s, yeah. Wouldn't yeah. it? Right. I don't remember, and I'm not, myself and Noel didn't drink, and, and who else was oh, there? Oh, didn't then? drink then. You, no, I don't remember no, you drinking. Drink. So when did that start to happen? So what happened was is that I drank very young, um, as you know, a lot of people did. I get into the youth clubs, and that was my focus. But I always knew, I always was, I would always get into trouble with drink, you know. And I would, remember I ended up in hospital one night, you know. And uh, What kind of trouble, Sparky? Just that falling and hitting me head okay, and that accidents. kind of stuff. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Accidents and stuff. And I'd end up in hospital. So I kind of would have said, right, I'm not a drinker now, you know. Mm. So then when uh, I get into politics then at one stage, there's a lot of alcohol in politics, like, you know what I mean? Mm. And it just caught me, you know, it really caught me, you know, and mm. I was kind of drinking. And somebody said it to me, you know, who was uh, who was in recovery, like, you know, and they mm. said, do you want a hand with this? And I said, yeah, and they kind of brought me along. And I got a lot of, uh, I got a lot of solitude from fellowship, like, you know what I mean? You know, mm -hmm. from... But I never got any program around like that. I never got into programs. I never got into anything like that. It so was just a connection or? Just a connection. The people yeah. were going for a cup of coffee. Do you want to come with us and that kind of stuff? And I had all, all that connection. So then I kind of went, ah, oh, well, I'm not. I, I don't have a problem with drinking. Yeah, I'm yeah, grand. Sure. I'll just sure. give it up. I think I gave it up for a long time after that even. But then it would drift back in, you know. It would come back and it would come back worse, you know. And it would be... So what happened to me then was when I came into my fifties, I was drinking every day. Right. So I was in the house every night, looking forward to mm -hmm. clocking off a half nine into the offo, wherever. Cans. Cans. And then the other thing that I used to do was 
in my head, I probably knew I had a problem mm. and I knew I was drinking every night. So Monday, I'd go to the off-license, Tuesday, Aldi, Wednesday, Little. Spread it around. The one in Sherrard Street there, I only passed it there, like, you know. Ironically, Sherrard Street, which yeah, is yeah, kind of exactly, central Yeah, 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 exactly, yeah, yeah. And I used to come into that one and uh, quite a bit, you know. Would you think they were going to recognise you or something? That's what I didn't want. I didn't want it. I didn't want them thinking I was an alky or something like, you know. And just how, I get that. And if they did, what's the thought that goes? Shame. Oh, shame. Absolute okay. shame. Yeah, just the shame of that. And so, um, so what happened then was I did this sober October, you know, and them things, you know, I do sober October and I banned it in November, mm. but it was sober <laughs> October. And I remember uh, I got great stuff from it you know what I mean I, you know I was free for that month you know what I mean I had a you know a sense of freedom and I had a sense of uh, my thoughts were very you know you know that uh, like I remember when we were younger we used to have really deep conversations you know what I mean mm. we'd be in the in Niles and we'd be drinking teas and playing mm. Don and the Smoking conversations it. were quite deep great I great music that. going on it was heaven, right? Do you remember we used to do it right through till the morning we all went off to work then? I went over to Yap to work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We'd play cards That's all right. night. Yeah, yeah. No drinking at all there. No, no, it was brilliant. A lot of cigarettes. So, so that was, uh, so I loved that. I mm. loved that level of, mm. of talking, and, you know. So what Intimacy. Happened, yeah. So what happened to me then was that started to return in the sober October. We started to talk again. Mm-hmm. Do you remember Tony DeMello's book? Awareness. Uh, awareness. And all that. Yeah. I used to love all that. I'm like, an ass, you're an ass. Yeah, I love so, it. So what happened was, uh, I rang a mate of mine and I said to him, I'm in trouble. Uh, I'm about to give up the drink for a month and mm-hmm. I still can't. I can't. Uh, there's something missing, something spiritual. And he Were said... you not at peace? Wasn't at peace. And it was spiritual. It wasn't... Yeah. I knew I didn't want to drink again. I knew that I was... Mm-hmm. But there was just something that wasn't connected. And I said, I think it's spiritual. He said, I think it's fellowship. So I took, I kind of went back to fellowship and started to do the program and just follow it, like, you know what I mean? And so I'm in recovery two and a half years. It's been like the best two and a half years of my life, to be honest with you. Like now, it's a whole different type of life. It's not the life I had before. It's not. Could I ask you, Sparky, when, you know, because I, I I have a feel for the kind of drinking you were doing, and I'm mm. sensing it wasn't necessarily affecting your work, or was it? Didn't affect me work much. Okay. Now, okay, so one of the things was very cranky, very narky, you know, with young people, very short, very... Which would never be your thing. Not me, not me at all. Now, when I'm, like, when I'm not drinking now, just not me at all, like, you know, okay. just totally uh, the opposite. Now, if, I've had my moments, like, you know. Yeah. The heat there in our last week was more than... <laughs> You know, it was very, very short of people last week. People asked me, Yari. Yeah. It was just very intense. But, uh, and the, the kind of, the, 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 to fix that, we went to the sea, like, you know, just jumped in the mm-hmm. sea, like, you know, and, uh, and it was great, you know, just to kind of cool us down and it's a real reset thing, like, the swim, like, you know, in the sea, it was great. So, That's, yeah. That spirituality, that connection you were kind of felt was a bit missing or, my right? Yeah, so that kind of came back. And I, I always thought I had luck. You know, I always thought I'm a very lucky person. You know, I always thought this. But I kind of realised now that that's more that synchronicity thing you're talking about, that higher power, that kind of um, 
I don't know what to call it. Some people call it God. I think it's, you know, I think it's huge. Like, I think it's, you know, whatever it is. Cause it permeates it, everything, yeah. Yeah, because it connects, like, you know what I mean? And yeah. that thing that happened in San Francisco, that connects, that happens all the time. There's always those little connections going on. And I always smile at them. When I see them happening, I always, I always smile, like, yeah. you know. And, uh, whereas before, I would have nearly been afraid of them. Like, you know what I mean? I'd be kind of going, what's this? Like, you know, and, um, yeah, so I, I, and I've kind of got very, very much at peace with lots of things. Like, you know what I mean? I would have, I would have, uh, you know, very politically minded, like, you know what mm. I mean? Very, always wanting to win an argument, like, you know, and I find now, I just, I don't get into it, like, you know, and uh, during, the, during the pandemic and all that kind of stuff, I was having a giggle at the conspiracy theorists and right. well, I wasn't getting into it. I was just having a giggle at yeah. it, like, you know, yeah. and yeah, it was just, um, I was talking to, to, to people one night and they said to me, I don't listen to news. And I was like, how could you not do that? Like, yeah. So now I try and practice that now, trying to get into that real uh, listening to every news <laughs> bulletin and all that kind of stuff. I just think it wrecks my head when I do that, you know. So the young fella on the bike going up to Ballymun, the young fella who has a good sense of humour and is buzzing with his dad, yeah. that young Sparky, right? who wasn't Sparky then, it was Ray. Raymond. Yeah, Sparky came a week after that when he was up there. Yeah. They introduced me to a group of young people that that, that the leader said, you, you'd be great with these, because like, <laughs> they were wild. You How know? did he know that? That's what I'm interested in about you. I don't know. But you see, I would have been very, I was a tear away, really, like, you know, I was, and when I came in to the club, I had that energy, like, you know, and, like, one of the things was, I remember, uh, you know, coming into the U Club one night and there was a man there singing with a guitar, mm. And he knew three chords or something like that, you know, but it was just that, I want that, like, you know what I mean? So I went and got a guitar and I learned the three chords and I learned to bang out a few songs, like, you know? And it's still, I think I still have the same five or six songs, whatever that I sing. But I love that, you know what I mean? So people would have seen the energy, they would have picked up the energy. Um, I think, I think I'm quite a compassionate person and tolerant, like, you know? And... He would have picked mm -hmm. up on that. Mm -hmm. So there was a group of young people and the the plan was to get a, a an old lawnmower and turn it into a go-kart. It never happened. But it was a great idea. And I knew that if you held a spark plug wire on it and pulled pulled the starting the starting uh, handle, you get a shock, you know. We said, Here, hold that there and <laughs> So that's where spark plug came from. Sparky ah, came from. Ah, yeah. okay. And uh so what happened then was was that we just started, I was only fifteen then, Jimmy, like you know what I mean? And I was like running you and then Father Holloway was there, uh, Sean Holloway was a great man. Mm. He was back from the Philippines or something like that. And he wanted to kind of introduce that real uh you know, that kind of what's the that you know, the the real uh, justice kind of yeah. Yeah. Uh, walk of the church, like you know what yeah. I mean? What's it called? It's Faith and Justice, is it no uh something to yeah, something the theology. theology or something. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Something like that, you know. But it's that Paolo Freire stuff, like, yes. you know what I mean, which I love yeah. still, like, you know. Yeah. And uh, so, so he got us a flat, like, you know, in Ballymun and Balcuras. And Balcuras was crazy at the time, like, you know what I mean? Still and is. Again, <laughs> and again, I had no fear. Yeah, I was in Balcuras, no of course, yeah. So we were the other end. We right were, up there, yeah, yeah, the worst end. Yeah, we were the, <laughs> yeah, exactly, that's where we were. At. In the Three, wilderness, that end, that real life. 386, yeah. And we got this flat, and every Saturday we used to get down and fix this place up. And we took 
as the flats got empty above us, we'd go up and salvage doors, bring them down and hang them and take the windows and all that kind of stuff. And we just, uh, we were just a group of young people. It was like a, it was like a commune in, in ways, like, you know what I mean? And it was just safe. It was a safe place. And, um, and from that then, a nun came along and she recognised the thing in me as well. I was working in a in a factory at the time and she mm. was saying she wanted to, to to take me on as a as a teamwork supervisor. Remember them teamwork schemes? I do, I got that's how we started, yeah. That's how we started on there. And what happened was I turned up for the teamwork scheme and the supervisor never showed. So she just said, Right, Sparky, you're the supervisor. That's how it happened. Another non-coincidence. There you go. And I just, we took her from there and it was a great time. We, again, I would have been afraid. Right. I wouldn't have realised my potential then. You know what I mean? So she was saying, I want you to work with all these kids. And if I said names to you now, you'd know them you know all. them all, yeah. And I was like, I wouldn't need to work with them. And yeah, I know all that. I built relationships with them and, and I just used the skills that I had. And let me tell our listeners, the group of young fellas at the time, the time and a big group of young fellas, great young fellas, but seriously problematic. People wouldn't, loads of people wouldn't touch them. All them glue sniffers at the time, right, solvent yeah. abusers, a lot of them were on gore, on skipper, all that type of That's stuff. Right, yeah. Really on the edge. But you worked with them. I remember that clearly. Yeah, yeah. Because I bump into all them and like, all Sparky, just go call the fucking Sparky's place. I thought, this fucking Sparky fella, has something. He's engaging these young and no one else can. Yeah. And I'm, I'm connecting this with your sobriety now. We can kind of move back and forward. The fire in your belly then, when you were big, when that nun noticed something, like that, were you starting to feel like, even though you're a bit afraid, fuck, I, I can do this? Can yeah, do this. there was, yeah. So, and I suppose, I, I kind of realised that I did have a, I did realise that energy, but I serious insecurities. Okay. You know? You didn't and, know how good you were. Yeah, but, and I think, you know, I think that's all right sometimes, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, I think if you're good and you don't know you're good, it's better than being bad and thinking you're great. <laughs> you know I mean? so, yeah, I'm fucking great at this. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so anyhow, what happened... Humility then, you're talking about. So what happened, there was a couple of, there was a couple of things that I'm really proud of. So one of the things was uh, the regeneration. They start talking about, about regenerating. I was living in a flat in, in Shanghai they start talking about, about regenerating the area. And in the old Perry shop in the, in, in the middle of the shopping centre, mm. they put up this, uh, they put up this, um, I'm laughing at it, but they put up a, it was like a pop-up uh, area where people could go in and they were handed a, a card of red dots. And then there was loads of questions all around the walls, like, would you like to live in a house? And you oh, put a red yeah, dot yeah, on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Would you like to live in an apartment? You put a red dot on it. So I had watched a programme about Rastafarians in London who built their own community, you know, mm -hmm. uh, through Habitat for Humanity, you know, sweat equity and all that kind of mm -hmm. stuff. Mm -hmm. Oh, I was mad about this. I was like, this is where it's at. So it said on it, would you like to build your own house? And I put a dot on it, but there was one other dot on it. Nobody else had put it on, but there was one other dot on it. And it was Maria Place. Do you remember Maria? I do indeed, Maria, yeah. She sadly passed away, Jordan. The pandemic there, did you know? she? She did, yeah, yeah, she, yeah. She'd be about my age, if... yeah, that's right, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Was she a singer? I mean, mate, that's right, she's in the commitment. That's right, yeah, yeah, that's Papa right, Rumbo, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go, yeah, that's it. That. Yeah, yeah. So, she, so she, she came over to me. She said, "Was that you that put the dot?" And I was like, "That." And we kind of started. A few of us got going, and we started a co-op. 
mm. housing co-op. And now in my mad head, I was thinking that was January. We'd be in our houses in September. Uh, you know, this kind of, <laughs> what year is this? Is this before the actual this is regeneration? Like 98, 99, you know, okay. and, uh, so what happened then was, no, maybe it's even before that. So what happened was we started a cooperative. That there was people on that cooperative who were, who were. so I think my role in there was liaison with the community, you know, because there was people objecting to us all over the place. You're not building 26 houses there, you know, that's right. their park and that's this. Right. So I, my job was kind of liaison with them and trying to, where there was other people were great with dealing with the, the corpo or the, yeah. the council in getting the mortgages and getting that kind of stuff. And, Maria was amazing though. Maria was like an absolute like Trojan like power. Like a you know, she was so capable, like, you know, from yeah. you know, yeah. you know uh, unreal. Yeah. And so we built those twenty six houses there, you know, as a cooperative. And uh, I'm very proud of that. And in around that time, I was realizing locals don't have a voice here, you know, when I was liaising with the yeah. with the locals, they'd no voice, you know, yeah. and I was thinking there's somebody needs to kind of be the voice for these people. And I was uh, mates with Damien Dempsey at the time and he was playing out at the... Um, You've since fallen out and you gave him a few <laughs> clatters. Get up, damn I, I put him on his back a couple of times with a few thumbs. <laughs> but uh, they're actually... They're actually <laughs> there's a funny story about that, actually. We'll come back to that. But, uh, you know, he was playing out in the, the, the festival of culture, the culture festival out in Dunleary, and I met Dahi Doolan. Mm-hmm. And I said to him, why is there no Sinn Féin candidate? Like, you know, and he goes, you're the candidate. You're the man. And I was like, right, so let's, and there's, there was a little seed grown there and right. I started to get involved in politics and I got elected uh, for five years on the council, like, you know. I remember that, yeah. Sparky's the fucking Shinner. That's <laughs> <laughs> And I wasn't naturally a Shinner, but I was just, it was kind of like, it just, it was, it was another one of them things. It was like a synchronicity thing. Mm-hmm. It just fitted. It just mm-hmm. happened. There was just this moment, and what happened was there was a dual mandate where you couldn't be a TD and a councillor at the same time. Mandate's a real Sinn Féin word, isn't it? <laughs> What's it? It's a real Sinn Féin word. Which? Mandate. Oh, I know, but this was a real, this was something, it was a national thing where they were I had know, to I'm get... I am joking, yeah. And, no, but you're right, because there, uh, there was loads of Sinn Féin words. We've no mandate for that. That's Why am right, I doing yeah. it right? I said they're all from the north. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No fucking mandate. But, um... Another guy, so, anyway, I'll tell you about something. Another guy. So, so <laughs> what happened was... Uh, I did that for five years and I absolutely hated it. Like I hated going to all the meetings and all that kind of stuff. But there was a part of me that was where I kind of fulfilled what I wanted to do, which was to give people a voice, you know what I mean? To try and get people, you know, that were, again, those young people that you were talking about, like, you know what I mean? Their families and all that kind of stuff, they were just kind of, oh yeah, you used to going up to the top of Pop and they were like, yeah, but we don't want to live up there. Yeah. We want to live here, like, you know, yeah. and it was just this, I don't listen to them, like, you know what I mean? So I was kind of on that, but... You had great respect from a lot of the parents, and there was a lot of parent, huge amounts of dysfunction in them, a lot of them families, a lot of pain and trauma, right? Yeah. But all the the elders, the other Sparky's a fucking gentleman. Yeah, yeah. All the blade and local head cases, 
you are well God there's no one could touch you in Ballymunner and Dublin do you know what I mean Without, <laughs> there'll be serious comeback on them yeah know? I suppose yeah yeah. you were well but I never used that like, no I, mean, I know that you that, wouldn't like, that's never... why people liked you as well yeah. but you were really well I, respected I, by I the think parents I'm very, like, I was never in a fight in my life like, I, I remember coming home from school one day and I jumped on a fella thinking you know wherever <laughs> and I got battered like, you know, so I just went from that day on I'm not a fighter. I'm done with that I'm the same as you and I'm I went to I went to play football one time and I got bare up on, on the pitch and I was like that's not for me, you know, so. Hey, just, sorry, just when you mentioned football and the word mandate and Niall Guy, right? Do you remember Balcourt's football team, right? <laughs> yeah. So Niall was a very good player, you know. Mm. Uh, Davy Fagan was playing, yourself, Axel was involved, That's you know. Right, yeah. it was it was a great, of them. Another great time. But there was more to going on and there was a meeting, you know what I mean? Yeah. This was in that. Niall was in college at the time. I don't know, yeah. had he done, uh, was he doing social work or had he done, he done French? Flew in French. You did no? languages for us, yeah. Fucking amazing, you know? Yeah. Anyway, somewhere in the middle of all this argument, and these all, a lot of the lads were all on the edge. The idea of this team was to pull That's a few true, lads yeah. in, right? They're all really on the edge. So there's a lot of shouting, and Noel guy stands up and says, What gives you the mandate to say that? And you can see everyone just turning and looking, and you can see half of them going, go, What the fuck's mandate? And then the whole, it was brilliant. The whole thing just stopped dead in that moment. And there was, a, it, there was another one of their moments, right, where he was, he was going along. He was going up to college, you know, and there was two, there was two people fighting, you know, two young women fighting, right. and he was trying to stop them from fighting, and he shouts, "Where's your humanity?" <laughs> That's right. Where's your humanity? <laughs> they, they just stopped fighting, and we're looking at this, this, this head case, like, you know. What do you mean humanity? <laughs> Thank you for joining me in the Twilight Conversations. If you'd like to get in contact with us regarding any aspect of the show, you can get in touch at. Conversations at gmail.com So the Twilight Conversations is an independent project. We're not getting any help from anybody. No major corporations or anything like that. So if you like the content, if you like what you're hearing, please continue to support us via our Patreon page. Patreon.com forward slash the Twilight Conversations.